And we're live. All right. Welcome, everybody, to I think this is the 30th episode of the Crypto Mining Tools podcast. I'm your host, Scott Offord. And over here is Ethan Zirka. Hi, hi everybody. And down here, we have Rolf, our, hey, our, our honored guest today. And, and Rolf, I just have to say thank you so much because... Um, you were an inspiration to me when I got into mining. I watched your YouTube videos and I learned so much. And that's how I started planning out uh, my uh, my mining operations. So I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Thanks, Ethan. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah I look back at some of those older videos and I, I was taking those videos as I was going through a learning process. And I've learned so much in the four or five years since I first started those. Um, but I think a lot of people can kind of sympathize uh, with that learning process. And there wasn't a lot of information out then. So I tried to put some quality info out. And I'm, I'm really glad that you, that you got some use out of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything from how to set up the network to putting redundancy in the network to PDUs and, and you know, getting the power distributed. I mean, I had no clue. I had no <laughs> idea how much power these things used. And you taught me so much. It's just amazing. And even just dealing with the heat. I had no idea that there was that much heat that they generated too. Right. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, phenomenal information. So I'm really glad yeah. to have you. So cool. that, uh, that was back in 2017, you said, Ethan? That was 2017 when I watched the videos. I'm not sure when they were made exactly. I think maybe they were made 2016, I'm going to Yeah, guess. I started doing them in 2016 because I bought my first uh, ASIC miner back in 2015 and then plugged in. I'm like, hey, I'm netting $50 a month. How can I make this my full-time job? And I did some, right. you know, math calculations, and I'm like, "Well, I need 200 of these." Okay, how can I do 200? And uh, you know, I used to run nuclear power plants uh, on submarines when I was an officer in the Navy, so wow. got a little bit of power and electrical experience. And <laughs> just a little, a little yeah. Just, just a out. little. Yeah. So, so you you ran the numbers, and it just made sense, right? Yeah. It did. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, well, we're glad to have you on this episode today. Um, you know, our audience is all about mining and crypto and blockchain. So it's it's perfect. We, we're, we're glad to talk to you. Uh, I know you're involved in a lot of different projects. Um, we'd really just love to have a chat with you and, and learn more about you and, and uh, you know, maybe give some education to the uh, to our audience. Cool. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to it. So why, why don't you tell us how you kind of got into this and, uh, you know, where it went from there? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I started out as an officer in the Navy and then I got out and uh, learned technical sales. And I worked for Cisco Systems for a few years back in uh, 2000. And then I got out and started an IT business where we put uh, network upgrades and IP phone systems. So Cisco phones you see everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of those back around 2002 when we started. So we helped put those in a lot of places. But then... You know, in the early uh, 2010s, 2012, things started slowing down. Everybody had all these things. We, uh, me and my partner had built up a company of 60 people. We were doing a lot of sales. We we're like, wow, you know, we kind of got that technology wave and it's done with. We should sell our company. So we were able to sell our company. Uh, in 2015, we did that. And then uh, my wife and I, we have four children. They're teenagers now and they're really expensive. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to sell the company, but I'm like, Hmm, I'm going to need to find something to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I like rapidly growing technologies. And so I tried 3D printing and flying drones. And like I said earlier, I bought that, that miner. I'm like, hey, I can make money mining. Mm -hmm. And this Bitcoin stuff, it makes sense. So that's kind of how I get into it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, and then right now, uh, what, what are the couple of the projects that you're involved in? 
Yeah. So um, with with mining, I've got three little companies, you know, little companies. We don't really have any employees. But Mm -hmm. uh, so my block operations one, I do podcasts and and video uh, things and and put out uh, blog posts and stuff like that just for for miners and for information. Um, And then maybe a little bit of affiliate sales here and there. There's a store there that's hard to find things that miners might find in handy. And then I've got a small mining uh, organization. You might see that in some of my videos. Me and one of my partners uh, rented a place with a roll-up garage door, and we put at the height of it 600 miners in there. We're moving out of that next week because we rented it to time the lease to coincide with the halving because we're like, we're not sure what's going to happen. Either we're going to be wildly profitable or we're going to want to take our stuff and put it into – you know, something else. And we didn't know what something else was then. Right. Uh, Now that we can re put all that electrical gear and miners into containers and find low price uh, places here in the U S that has maybe three and a half or four cents uh, per kilowatt hour and put the containers there. So that's what we'll do. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, started another company with two other partners and we bought some land uh, in Dahlonega, Georgia. We're in North Georgia Mm -hmm. and uh, built out a, uh, it can handle about a thousand of the Antminer S9s and then a container okay. mix there. And since we all have experience in business and operations, we're doing consulting. Because last mm-hmm. time in 2017, when everybody got insult- interested in mining, um, there were so many people that are calling to say, hey, help me set up a, a mining facility. And, and <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't have time. I was almost one of those people. <laughs> yeah. So here we have a way to, way to do that. And so we're, we've got a few clients that we're helping, and it's actually a lot of fun to be able to give back. And of course, we charge money for this, um, but that, that's okay. And there's there's a lot of people that are interested in it. Now, I saw recently on Twitter that there's a lot of people that are searching on the term Bitcoin halving, which yeah. means mm-hmm. that if the price goes up, there's going to be more interest in mining because people think that mining is a is a is a surefire way to just get a bunch of Bitcoin cheap. And it is, but there's some caveats to that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some risk. Yeah, there. It, it takes some work. You, yeah. you definitely you have to know what you're doing. You have to know quite a bit about power. You have to know quite a bit about market opportunity. Um, a lot of people, and it's so strange, you know, when the price of Bitcoin goes down and the cost of the miners get cheap, Scott and I see the market kind of just die out. And me and Scott are thinking this is the time everybody should buy, you know, their miners. Like, Mm -hmm. but time and time again, when the market goes back up and the price of the miners go back up and the, and the shipping windows get delayed further and further out, that's when everybody wants to throw money at it. So yeah. Yeah. Tell us what your thoughts are. Yeah, no. And, and uh, so it took me a while. It took me a few years of experience and cogitation, but I kind of put it into uh, a blog post and a podcast post called the, the Bitcoin price cycle. And what miners should do at every part of the Bitcoin price cycle, when you should be buying equipment, when you should be investing in infrastructure, when you should be mining and selling right away, and when you should be mining and holding on as long as you can and, and for the price to go up. And it seems obvious when you read that, but when mm-hmm. you start it and don't know anything about it, it's it's not obvious. Right. Uh, yeah. And a lot of mining organizations and people are pretty private about what they do for good mm-hmm. reason, because you don't want... Um, people know to think that, oh, he's mining. He's got a bunch of Bitcoin. Let's let's kidnap him. Or uh, he's not actually following the rules. Let's arrest him or, or, or things like that. Um, so I, I'm happy to say that I've been mining for a number of years and I'm still in business. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
that's uh, but you know it hasn't been an, an absolute money maker for sure. Yeah, oh, we have a comment here from Sakib. Uh, actually, Sakib uh, is one of our partners. He says knowledge of market cycles are extremely important and can only occur with time and experience in crypto. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and when when people ask why, I do I like to explain it the simple way. I'm like, it's like Bitcoin price starts at three dollars and then it goes up to uh, two hundred and then or twenty and then well down to three, then up to two hundred, down to thirty, up to two thousand, down to three hundred. Anyway, the cycle is it went down to three thousand and it should go up to about two hundred thousand, somewhere between fifty and two hundred. And the only way that you want to get into mining is if you believe in the Bitcoin price cycle. If you don't believe in the Bitcoin price cycle, you probably don't want to get into that. Is the one thing. The other thing is you're investing money to buy Bitcoin at a discount, mm-hmm. but different elements of that investment uh, have different time frames. So the infrastructure, the power network cooling that has about an eight to 10 year payback time. So you need to plan on being mining right. for eight to 10 years. Yeah. And then the equipment, you should plan on it for about three years that it's good. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the Antminer S9s were going on four years now, which is pretty exciting. And if we hit another price cycle, they might be good for a fifth year. And with the seven nanometer technology stuff coming up, I'm thinking that's going to be good for four to five years. Hope, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> But you just don't know. And, yeah. and there's so many uncertainties and there's so much volatility. And then absolutely, you make most of your money when the price is rising fast. I remember for a few months there, I have Awesome Miner that runs on my uh, and monitors my, my miners. We were running about 500 miners at the time. And it was, it was saying on a daily basis, we were netting $300,000 a month. Wow, but that was during December of 2017, and, and yeah. we didn't really because we didn't sell our oh, cryptocurrency then, right? right? <laughs> so yeah, just like that comment, it's important for the price cycle to know when to sell too, mm-hmm. and learn when to take profit is what yeah. I say. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's all sorts of other little mistakes. I bought a whole bunch of Ant Miner D3s, which came out to mine Dash, and that was oh yeah, <laughs> oh. yep. That's what I bought. I'm guilty. The first miner I ever bought was a D3. <laughs> I and bought it for twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. And I look back on that Bitcoin that I spent on that. I'm like, you know, I should have paid off my house. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> One of the dreams. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I think um, according to your bio, you know, you were um, involved in uh, Zencash and and uh, also Horizon. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, I mean, we'd love to know a little bit more about that and and uh, you know why why you feel those projects are unique and, and valuable. Um, so yeah, why, why don't you tell us kind of what your involvement is and tell us about those projects? You bet. So the involvement in that came out of mining too. So mining's a, a first path into crypto for a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. on the GPU mining side, where you can take graphics cards and optimize them to mine different things. And there's still good GPU mineable projects out there. In fact, I think Raven just switched to. Um, a, a version of GPU mining, and there's other ones that are out there. And so I was doing GP, GPU mining, and I'm, I'm big into uh, privacy and self-determination and all that type of th- thing. And so I started mining Zcash because I was really excited about that. And I was mining Dash at the time, and I was mining Bitcoin and Litecoin because I, I think it's important to mine a bunch of different cryptocurrencies because they have different yeah. habit cycles and different price cycles. And if you get to know the projects well, just like you evaluate a, a business – 
Mm-hmm. You know, if it has a good team, they have a good market, they have a good track record of accomplishing things, uh, and they have a good idea, then it might be good to invest in. And by invest, I mean either mine it or spend money on it or spend time uh, learning about it or buy some of it. And so Zcash uh, was a great project. And then Z Classic forked right after it, um, which was the same thing as Zcash, but it was taking all the uh, paying the developers out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was mining both because they're both profitable. Uh, it, you don't you don't have to marry a project that you're mining. You you just have to make profit off it. Sure. Uh, but in the in that method, you get to learn about all these different things and why they exist. And so as I was building up a bunch of Z Classic, I'm like, hey, is anybody doing anything to get on a hardware wallet? And people in the group are like, nope, nobody does anything. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, so I started talking with a few other folks. I'm like, hey, is there a way we can fund a hardware wallet? And a couple of guys, uh, Rocket and FinPunk, uh, were on there. And they're like, well, we got some ideas about this. And so then I started going back and forth and trading uh, messages and information. And, and at the end of the day, FinPunk, Rob Viglione, and I decided that you know the only way that we were going to be able to get what we wanted was to uh, take Z Classic and fork it. Um, we add some of the developer funds back in, but then Dash, I think, has some really good new things with the masternodes that they had then, mm-hmm. uh, and then the voting for that the masternodes do. So we wanted to make sure we had a project that was privacy-based, that had ongoing funding for software developers. And um, one of the developers on, on Z Classic, he had the idea that we wouldn't do a new coin with the new Genesis block, because that's what everybody did back then. We would actually do a chain split. And that was pretty new back then. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, a hard fork, cashed, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a, a soft fork instead of a hard fork, you mean? Or, no, a hard fork into two different projects. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Right? And we recently saw that with Steam and Hive. But you got to line up a lot of stuff to do. You, you got to have an exchange that's willing to do that with you. Mm-hmm. And then Bittrex right. worked with us and, and said, we're going to do, uh, do that. So at the end of the day, we launched Zencash as, as, a, as a chain split, a fork. And it was great. We had an initial team. And we had an exchange listing and we had an ongoing stream of funding and we had an idea. And that was pretty much all we had. Um, luckily, Rob McLeone, Finpunk, he, he knows a lot of people in the industry and was able to uh, get some engineers to help us. And then we were able to bootstrap an entire organization. So wow. we did a yeah a modification of Zen Cash and changed its name into Horizon with a Zen at the end. So it's still the mm-hmm. same ticker symbol. Um, and it's an international organization now. We've got 40, 50 people. And two years ago, we said privacy is good, but we need to have something unique that's going to let us scale. And so we, we pay nodes. We have private transactions. Uh, we have lots of engagement through our um, through our faucet, which is at uh, getzen.cash. And so we decided what we were going to do, though, was a real ZK Snark-based sidechain. So a true sidechain that didn't require a trusted set of nodes to operate. Uh, and there's nothing out there that like they're right, right now. So at the end of May, we're going to uh, launch our sidechain beta on testnet that has a true uh, zero knowledge proof. Same thing mm-hmm. that Dcash did, zero knowledge proof, way to send funds to the sidechain back. It's going to be Java programmable. It's based on Ouroboros, which is like what Cardano does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to let us make all sorts of different side chains to do all sorts of different things. Pretty exciting project. So I'm happy to be involved in that. Um, and uh, it's still mineable. There's, in fact, yeah. there's Equihash miners 
Uh, and Bitmain just, I think yesterday, announced a new one, the Z15. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when, you're, when your project is you know, ASIC mineable, which is you know, uh, Horizon and Zcash are both the standard Equihash, that's that's the that's the most efficient mining you can get. You can't you're not open to being hacked by uh, nice hash GPU mining type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, how how would your project compare to something like Monero? I, I know Monero also has uh, it's a privacy coin and and puts privacy at first and foremost in its transactions. Um, how does how does your project compare to Monero? Yeah, Monero's uh, projects have been around for quite a while, a lot of following, uh, really up there and ranked on, on the coin market cap. Uh, and they have a number of different ways to, to do privacy and they continue to do uh, ongoing uh, implementations. So I think Monero is pretty much every transaction um, on there is private. So that causes some issues with some countries and, and exchanges. Mm -hmm. uh, so with the way Zcash and, and Horizons designed is there's both a transparent address, which is like a Bitcoin address, and mm -hmm. private addresses, and you can do both. Okay. Um, and one of the things that we're looking to do with Horizon is instead of having both private and uh, transparent addresses on the main chain, one of the options is for us to move our private transactions to a side chain. So we only have transparent okay. transactions on the main chain. Because that's one of the good things about, um, transparent transactions is everybody sees what the ledger is like everybody mm -hmm. knows what how much there actually is you know yeah. that there's only going to be 21 million bitcoin and you can audit it there the question with horizon is well we know how many transparent coins there are but how many ones are there that are that we can't see that's not auditable and so monero that's the whole thing is you, you can't see what it is and, and then they have yeah. some fixing that goes in and so they need a lot of people using it for it to be truly uh, private, mm -hmm. so, um, but I, you know, Monero's chugged on. They they have a, a great community. They have a, a bunch of support around. So uh, I think that's a good project. Yeah. So your project is more versatile because it allows you the option to do one or the other instead of just one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's that's that was Zcash's you know cool new and different thing that they did so to me the top of the stack from mining are projects that have the most hash rate for a, a new and unique and different thing so that's like bitcoin you know litecoin has script dash has x11 uh zcash on on equihash mm -hmm. they're top projects and because they come out with new and different things so yeah Zencash started out as a flat-out copy of Zcash, but we're branching off into, into different things. And like you said, Ethan, the innovation that Zcash came out with was to have transparent and shielded transactions on the same blockchain uh, and provable uh, that, that uh, you know, if you are sent uh, shielded money or private money, that it's actually on the blockchain and recorded. Right. That's, yeah. that's pretty fantastic. Speaking of the blockchain, I'd like to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Brains OS. If you're mining, folks, and you're using the factory firmware, you are not getting the most from your machines. These machines are capable of doing a lot more from running more efficiently to getting more hash from the power that you're using. And Brains OS has two versions that can help you do that. One is the, the free open source version that anybody's free to download. You can install it in your miners, give it a test drive. And if you're more of an enterprise um, you know, scenario, you can use their enterprise Brains OS, which has a lot more fine-grained um, features into it and a lot more control features that allow you to manage a, a much larger farm. Uh, 
Um, beyond that, if you're using the enterprise version and you go to Slushpool, which Brains OS is part of Slushpool, uh, they will give you a discount. They will give you 50% lower fees yeah. if you yeah, if you mind using their enterprise edition. Scott's gonna tell you guys more. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. You know, you can save a little bit on your mining fees by using their enterprise version. And like Ethan said, uh, the enterprise version, it, it does have the, the dev fee, but uh, hopefully that can balance itself out. Um, and, and with that uh, enterprise version, you get even more fine-grained uh, tuning. And, and actually, uh, Rolf, you, you were saying uh, you actually might have given Brains a try before, uh, but, but maybe... Oh, yeah. I switched all my uh, Antminer S9s over to Brains uh, a while back because they were the first one to allow individual hashboard tuning uh, yep. And also to be using ASIC boost on the Antminer S9s. And, you know, right. in the summer here in Georgia, it gets pretty hot. So it was great to be able to tune those down. Sometimes in the, the boards uh, need to be running at different frequencies for optimization. So mm -hmm. that was great. Uh, I switched away from Brains a few months back just because some of the other uh, alternative software out there had auto-tuning. But yeah. you know, to me, Brains has always been the leader. They make open source software, which I feel a lot uh, uh, more secure about. Mined on, on, on Slushpool with that. I didn't know about the discount if you're mining with Brains. So, yeah. uh, and, and I'm happy to do Linux and command line and other types of things, which in some cases you need to do that to, to get it onto the machine, especially if you've got it on a on a different version already, or maybe you need to stick a little hash card exactly. in. And I see that they're doing uh, alternative OSs for S17 and, and those different versions, and hopefully the S19. So yeah, I'm gonna be giving that a try again. I'm, I'm so glad that the Brains OS has, has auto-tuning, which it tunes the specific frequency of each chip so it can run it at max power without yeah. overheating the overall machine. It's great. Yeah, and like you said, there there was uh, there's other firmware out there that that has those features, um, but de definitely what one thing I, I like about Brains, uh, well, other than the fact that they sponsor our show and uh, yeah, you know, uh, help to support us so that we can do this kind of content, um, it, it's you know that that open source uh, idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you know I, I have seen other firmware providers uh, basically say, hey, you know, we don't want to work with you anymore. Uh, we're going to give you one week to to get all of your miners. Um, off of our network, otherwise we're gonna basically brick your miners, you know. And that's that's kind of dangerous. It's something I, I had never really thought about before. Yeah. If you're using somebody's third-party software, is there a potential that uh, that you can maybe get cut off? You know, like we're, yeah, we're, they have the power to shut you down. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You could usually always go back and like do a if you have physical access to the machine, do a hard reboot back to factory mm -hmm. standard or put an SD card in or something like that. But yeah, you, you don't want want that. I didn't know also that there was a Brains Enterprise one. So if you have a, a few thousand miners and you know it, you bring in a few thousand dollars per day, uh, you want to be able to have support in the in the high-end optimization, and then being yeah. able to add additional things like measuring if a fan broke and what, what happens then? Uh, do you want to be alerted? I, I like to be running equipment that monitors my stuff and sends me an alert when there's a problem. You know, So that's yeah. one of the things on my block operations that you, you can look back and say, hey, here's how you can use this open source monitor tool, tool Zabbix, to monitor all your network. You can even use it to monitor your miners, and it can send you an email when there's a network problem. 
it was back from the IT days where I, I like to be told about problems before the users sure. call and complain. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, right. You know? <laughs> and that and, and what the conversation about brains leads to another thing where there's so many little things that you can learn to do to optimize your, your mining. If you can get an extra five, 10, 15 percent by doing different things here, well, that drops right to the bottom line. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Understanding a little bit about trading and technical analysis and when to buy and sell, uh, understanding that uh, your banks can cut you off, uh, so you have to have multiple banks, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, understanding how to use hardware wallets, um, and then knowing, oh, this is an important one, there is a lot of scam websites out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Selling miners, right? I just ran into a new one the other day, Bitcoin Express, you know. Huh. We've got S19 <laughs> already. Send us your Bitcoin. No. <laughs> Don't oh, do it. Man. Yeah. 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 And and about those scams. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, one time it was getting so crazy. I can't remember what the company was. Uh, it, not... went, it was nuts in 2017. Yeah. I mean, pretty much every other thing you would find on the on the World Wide Web, Google searching was a scam. It was, uh, mm -hmm. oh, uh, Zigbit or oh, BitHarp. Was, was oh yeah, Bitharp. Oh my god! And, and they were they were doing these press releases uh, on all the different websites. Um, you know, and, and so I I decided, well, okay, I'm gonna publish my you own. Called press them release. out so fast, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so I got uh, like uh, Drew Vosk from Voscoin. Uh, yeah, you know, he has a YouTube channel. So I said, hey, you know, you got to do a video about this. And, and then I got some other people to do it. And eventually, like within a couple weeks. BitHarp went from like the number one search result to uh, to way down, and all these YouTube videos started showing mm -hmm. up instead. So I, I'd like to to think that you know hopefully I, I was able to help people not to get scammed. Uh, unfortunately, but, I looked at their wallet and I traced the transactions. They received about sixty grand worth of people wow. trying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that, that's probably just from Bitcoin, and you know, yeah. they had other addresses like Ethereum and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. in this industry for a little while, it's all so new and, um, yeah. you know, just there's there's a few basics. Don't give your private keys away. Don't lose your, your backup. And if someone sends you an email with a link, be really, really, really careful before you click. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, all of, I think I think all of Bitmain's customer email addresses got hacked a while back. And then yeah. like, sending yeah. emails to every Bitmain customer and they looked like legitimate emails. It was right. really frustrating. That's scary, scary stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're only talking about this because uh, you were saying, you know, there, there's so many different ways, little things that you can do to make your operation more efficient or save mm -hmm. a little money or make a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that comes down to things like, yeah, you know, when to buy your miners, when to sell them, uh, installing custom firmware, uh, and, and obviously things like making sure you don't get scammed because <laughs> that, yeah. that's a, a really easy way to, to, to lose all the, the profit you might have had. Yeah. And then, you know, you want to make sure if you buy a miner for a thousand, two thousand dollars or whatever, that you're going to run it optimally. So that means feed it some fresh air. Don't let the hot air recirculate uh, mm -hmm. to the cold side because then the thing overheats quickly. And a lot of people say, should I use air conditioning? It's like, no, I haven't seen anybody use air conditioning. Just no. make sure there's enough cold air coming in, enough hot air going out so the recirculation doesn't happen. Right. So then, taking care of your, your mining equipment as well. Yeah. 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 I've learned actually that these machines like to run within a, a temperature range. Like if it gets too cold, if you feed air that's too cold, they actually start to malfunction and need to be reboot. Um, so it's kind of always keeping them in that optimal temperature range. 
Yeah, they do. Fortunately, if you get them up and running and it's really cold, you can just allow some of the air to recirculate and then, then it, it kind of heats them up. The bad part is if you have a power outage and it's really ice cold and you're trying to start them up again, right. I heard that, that's a little hard to do. Well, the great thing is with, with brains, they have a preheat option now. On mm -hmm. the way. Yeah. yeah. For, for those cold uh, environments you can like that. Just run them to heat them up to operating temp and then they'll kick on. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, you know, we're coming to the end of our show here. Uh, you know, is, is there anything else that you really just want to leave with our audience and, and uh, let them know about? Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate uh, everybody who's watched my videos, listened to my podcasts and, and, and left their comments on there. Hopefully you found a little bit of value. Please bear with me as I, documented my learning experience. What I would recommend to you now is sometimes very different than what I would recommend three years from now. So do sure. make your way through all of them. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, having said that, there, there, if, if there's people that want uh, consulting or advice, uh, happy to do that. We've got a process. Go to our North Georgia crypto uh, mining website and, and you know, reach out and me or my business, one of my business partners will get back to you. Um, and a lot of people call and they want to start mining and they don't realize how much of an investment it is and, and oh, how yeah. timing, right? So my first thing I say is don't buy any miners right away. Buy maybe one and learn how to mine. It'll take people like a month or two just to learn how to hook up a miner, get mm -hmm. it mining, get that cryptocurrency to an exchange sell it, bring that money back to a bank account, and then actually pay their electricity bill. That right. You need to know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then if you're not willing to commit for like eight to 10 years, don't buy infrastructure. Actually have it hosted somewhere. There's a lot of people that, that do good hosting at good prices. Mm -hmm. um, and the and we have a hosting directory. So if you need power or hosting, oh, exactly, use yeah. our directory. We have an interactive map. You can go and put in different filters and search parameters and um, find exactly what you're looking for. One of the worst feelings is to have a pallet of miners sitting there and no place to plug them in. Yeah. Oh, Be yeah. careful. And then yeah. buy from known good uh, resellers in your country. that Brokers, that, yeah. Brokers. Uh, you know, do a few small orders with them and before you scale up. And if you're going to order from someone out of the country, either get a really good recommendation or order directly from the manufacturer. Those are like the yeah. main things to not step into mining and, and lose money. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Ralph, uh, Rolf, sorry, not Ralph. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So on Telegram, we have your username as at Block Ops. That's right. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't know if you use telegram much, but, uh, and then also on, uh, we have Twitter here. You are at Rolf, uh, Verse Lewis. Or yes, how, right. how, how do you say your last name? Verse well, Lewis? In the Netherlands, which is where my, my family is from, you say Rolf Verslaus. Verslaus. Okay. <laughs> but here in America, people usually say first. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then again, um, you mentioned those websites and I'll just, uh, let's see if I could put them up here quickly. Yeah. Uh, blockoperations.com and ngacryptomining.com. That's right. All right. Because we're in North Georgia, right in the state of Georgia in the United States, not in the country. And, and just for fun, Rolf, uh, you mentioned that, you know, the, the ebb and flow of the price of Bitcoin, it says it, it'll go down to 3000 and up to 200000 Uh Care to guess uh, when, when it's going to hit that mark? Do you think it, it'll happen in the next 24 months? Yeah, because at, at the time of this recording right now, it's at... $9,977? Yeah. I'm going to say the next 18 months is what I'm guessing, Ethan. That's safe. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
So, so next 18 months, what? I think it'll hit definitely over 100,000 in the next 18 months. I think with a lot of the futures and other types of interest that, that get into it, it might might not allow the Bitcoin price to get up to $200,000. Mm -hmm. um, I think the overall crypto market might actually be a, a better measure in some cases, the, the overall market cap of the, the crypto market. But I can't give you a prediction for that. But since most people are mining Bitcoin and, you know, Bitcoin's a great proxy, I think mm -hmm. it's got a good shot to get to two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I'm OK. All right. It'll be maybe, it'll be interesting. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe we can schedule a podcast for 18 months. And just there we see. go. <laughs> well, we'll have a recap. Yeah. yeah. But that's the other thing with mining. Don't base everything on what you think it's going to happen. Let the market tell you what's happening. Yeah. Listen base to the market based on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Rolf, we are very happy to have had you on this show and we thank you for sharing your knowledge and, and your wisdom with us. Um, yeah. So thank you very much, Rolf. You, you've been a life changer for me. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, Scott. All right. All right. Take care. Have a good day. Bye.